This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, we know how retail has changed in the last few years, the digital landscape shifting the way that many people shop. Before that, we were an economy that had lots of mom-and-pop shops, but then the so-called category killers popped up. These were stores that provided all the items we might need for a certain category. Toys R Us being an example, Radio Shack, Blockbuster as well. They were all in that category, and of course... They also have in common that they are all gone. Bed Bath & Beyond, the latest category killer, seemingly to go away after filing for bankruptcy last week. John Zhang, uh, professor of marketing here at the Wharton School, joins us to take a look at what happened with all of these companies. John, great to talk to you again. It's been a while. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, Dan, for having me. It's a very, very informative show. Well, and I think this is interesting. And we know that, you know, retail is obviously something that kind of changes with, the you know, the developments that we see in technology and, and some of the elements in our culture. But these were companies that really, it seemed like at the time when they were popping up, had strength and would be around for a long period of time. Obviously, I don't think they could expect to see some of the things that occurred. But from your perspective, what were the common elements of why companies like Toys R Us, Radio Shack, Blockbuster all went under? Well, I think the concept of uh, category killer really is a passe mostly and for a large number of reasons. I think the, the probably the most important reason is the fact that uh, e-commerce is growing very, very fast. Uh, you can imagine that uh, the advantage of a category killer is that uh, it has a lot of SQs for a category. If you want to, if you care to buy in that particular category, you can pretty much find anything you want and uh, in those stores. And uh, for those customers who care about uh, product choices, you're like a kid in, the, in a candy store. Uh, however, if you look at the e-commerce uh, operator like uh, Amazon, and uh, they can have an infinite number of uh, the SQs in a product category. In fact, in all product categories, you can imagine that you really lose a huge advantage uh, in that regard. And uh, most importantly, I think that during the pandemic, you notice that, in fact, that uh, people are trained to buy online. And so that's probably not going to change for a long time. So then you mentioned Amazon. Why is it then that that companies like Walmart and Target are seemingly being able to kind of walk that path and still be successful uh, offering a a wide range of merchandise? And maybe it's because they're not doing it in one particular area. Well, relative to the uh, to. Bed, Bath, and Beyond, obviously Walmart has huge advantage too, right? So it's a four-category uh, retailer. You can imagine that uh, they can easily cherry-pick uh, the fast-moving products in any product category, and uh, which is uh, something that uh, the uh, Bed and Bath and Beyond cannot do. And uh, they basically have to carry slow-moving and also fast-moving uh, SQs, and which means that uh, their cost on average is going to be higher. So should Bed Bath & Beyond have been able to recognize what was going on with the uh, other uh, kind of companies in that sector and been able to adjust and, and still be able to, you know, be a viable option these days instead of going into bankruptcy? 
Well, some category killers are, in fact, still viable, right? If you look at Home Depot, you look at the Best Buy, for instance, where as a consumer, when you purchase products, you do require a lot of different services, advices, and advice from the salespeople and so on and so forth. And those categories can still survive. I think that to me is really surprising that uh, the bed and bath and beyond has been hanging in there for for as long as it did, and in fact it has been swimming upstream and for a long while. And I guess when you can have another company like a Walmart, like an Amazon, like a Target, be able to provide a lot of the items that would be in a Bed Bath and Beyond, and you can still go get your groceries, and you can still go get clothes, and you can, you know, there's so many other options, it makes it that much more easy and palatable, probably for the consumer in general. Absolutely, I think Walmart is already doing that. Right? So they really cherry pick a lot of fast moving categories, and that uh, Bed and Bad, bath, and beyond also carries. What do you think it means then for the Lowe's and the and the Home Depots of the world? Are they in a spot right now where they should feel pretty good about their category, about what they bring to the to the retail segment? I'm not sure they feel pretty good. I think that uh, probably they're not sweating as much. For sure, and I think that uh, in those product categories, you can imagine that uh, if you are the contractor, you go there early in the morning and pick up all the uh, things you need, and you can actually do finish your job on the day, right, during the day. I, I think that uh, they do provide some very valuable services, and for Best Buy, I can imagine that uh, if the... Uh, electronic goods become very standardized. You don't have a constant stream of new products that come into the marketplace where you do require a lot of services from the salespeople. I think they're going to really, really sweat. So as you mentioned, this is a byproduct of the growth of e-commerce, which I guess we expect is just going to continue to uh, grow in terms of the importance that it has in our in our day-to-day uh, thought process around shopping. Absolutely. I think the pandemic has certainly helped uh, helped, uh, that process. Uh, I think if you look at the category killer, they're facing some other structural issues uh, too. And uh, and for them to buy the uh, uh, product at low cost, then they really have to do global sourcing. Uh, you notice that, in fact, that uh, supply chain disruptions and geopolitics, all those things will come into play and uh, to the detriment uh, of uh, the bad Bath and beyond. So was the was the pandemic then really one of the biggest challenges that these types of of companies and and really retail in general uh, has had to deal with uh, in, in the last so many decades because of all of those factors you just laid out. Absolutely, I think that uh, retailers always struggle, and uh, and I think that that struggle will continue well into the future. Is there something you think we can take from the failure of Bed Bath & Beyond for the retail sector moving forward? Some, some nugget that we've learned that, that will be important even for the companies like the Amazons of the world. Well, you know, it has been a mystery, and uh, in certainly in the uh, uh, for the scholars in the uh, studying retailing uh, the retailing industry, 
And uh, there is this concept of uh, this so-called will of retaining. You notice that, in fact, a lot of, like what you were saying that, uh, during the introduction, there are a lot of retailers that come in with a new concept, a new format, and uh, they generate a lot of uh, uh, customers. And eventually, they, of course, they have to raise the prices and, and, and to cover for their costs and then so on and so forth. And then, of course, they, eventually they have to go out and uh, some other new format of uh, retailers will come in. I think that process probably will continue because uh, the economy needs the retailers and the customers need the retailers, and uh, retailers will be in the uh, uh, in the marketplace for a long time. But I'm not sure if uh, Bed Bath and Beyond and uh, stores like this will stay in the marketplace for a long time. A- Amazon is obviously the larger scale example of, of e-commerce of a, of a company that really you know does make its you know day to day success on what uh, people see online. But what about, you know, smaller e-commerce ventures that that are to a degree their own kind of category killer? Can they survive in an online uh, atmosphere longer term because of how strong e-commerce is right now? I think so. I think that really depends on what they do, right? The retailing industry is so big, it really can accommodate a large number of retailers. And Amazon is not going to be able to uh, take everything away from everybody. So which means that in this uh, industry, obviously that if you do well, if you pay attention to the marketplace, you pay attention to customer and uh, uh, demand, and you pay attention to the shift in the behavior on the part of the consumers, you will do well. At least for a while. What do you think went wrong with Bed Bath & Beyond, in your opinion? I think it was just structurally that particular category killer concept is just not going to work in the modern days with the e-commerce around. And not only that your cost is high, and also that, uh, in fact, that uh, you don't really have as many choices as what the Amazon can provide. And most importantly, that uh, the new generation of uh, people, for instance, they actually are very content with uh, the uh, virtual consumption. And they just basically want to do the internet surfing, and they want to uh, do the gaming, and they want to do social media. And uh, because of all that, and uh, they just don't have a strong sense of a possession uh, as the older generations uh, used to have. And uh, so given that, you can imagine that uh, you really need uh, to have that many choices in for, the, for your bed and the bath and the beyond. There's, there's a, a, a lot of discussion as well, John, about uh, the approach that, that Bed Bath & Beyond had or realistically didn't have uh, in the online space to begin with. Could they have adapted and survived with a greater online presence, or was the physical structure that they had with a lot of property, a lot of you know locations uh, around the country, was that kind of the noose around the neck that was really going to bring them down? Well, there is an article published by the Knowledge of Wharton and, uh, in the past week uh, on that particular topic. Obviously, that the, uh, and the Bed Bath & Beyond has done a lot of things trying to stay in the business for a longer period of time, and uh, apparently they have failed. And uh, there are lots, lots of reasons uh, there. But to me, I think that uh, no matter what you do there, it doesn't doesn't seem to be the case that uh, you can actually rescue and uh, a company like that. And I'm actually on board with uh, the uh, on the board for the uh, Tuesday morning that also declared bankruptcy recently, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really sad to see a great concept. The concept at one point was loved by the consumers and uh, and, and uh, goes away. 
and simply because uh, the customer shopping behaviors uh, have changed and uh, the whole retailing environment is very different and uh, just uh, very difficult for them to keep the keep their head above the water now. So what's the advice from your expertise that, that you send out to you know to companies who are, are, are trying to deal with these same issues right now? Well, pay attention to customers. Pay attention to all the shift in uh, uh, consumer behavior. And uh, I think that that probably is what a marketing professor can tell firms. John, always great to have you with us on the show. Thanks very much for your time today. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you. John Zhang, who is a marketing professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.